respectfully. Yo, happy new year, everybody. What is going on? This is Ori Styler on the Respectfully Podcast. Happy new year, Drudge. Likewise, man. Happy new year to you too. How was your new year celebration? How was your Christmas? How was the whole uh, festive season? Festive season. Uh, busy, busy. I feel like I've just been uh, going back and forth. Uh, I haven't actually had much time to chill out, I feel like. I feel like I've just been, you know, busy. My mum's unwell, I should point that out. Um, Okay. Something down and like looking after her prayers and wishes to her. Man. Yeah, yeah. But as I said earlier, I feel like it might be a bit of karma for that you've been framing things. So you know, I feel bad. <laughs> you know, when you told me your mum weren't well, yeah. I feel kind of bad now because I, I was there saying she's trash and all because of the you've been framing thing. And now, God forbid, like God forbid, if it happens and so on, I'm looking at that clip like, right, it's so close <laughs> together that some people that may listen and go like. That like it's too close. They don't know the timeline. Yeah, yeah. May hear <laughs> this and then hear that you've been framed clip and go, yo, Ori is a bit disrespectful. Nah. <laughs> so let's just, I want to put this out here. I had no idea. Neither of us had any, any idea that she was going to be in hospital yeah, and so on. So yeah. that clip was before. And has she heard it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I don't gosh. Know. She stopped listening to anything I do now. I'll swear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. What about, what about other brothers, family, anyone else? Nah, no one else yet. Not, oh, not gosh, yet. I not might yet. be in <laughs> trouble soon. Uh, I hope you, uh, Mrs. T, I hope you're all good in time to come. So. Yeah. No, yeah, but apart from that, uh, busy. It was busy, man. So yeah. it's good to get back to it. New year. New what start, did you do? But... What did you do on Christmas Day? Where were you? Christmas Day? Oh, I went to go see, went to see my mum in the morning. Mm. Then I went and see, saw my dad's in the afternoon. Yeah. We were then went to a pub, which I've never been really a big fan a of. A pub personally. on Christmas Day? Yeah, I never liked that. Normally, I just like to stay uh like within the confines of like four walls of your family that's yeah. always been me like i've always been raised that way um but when my nan and granddad died it just became a point where all right we're just gonna have to go out and get food now so that that was kind of it well so. i mean you could cook oh yeah one of you in the household could learn how to make a oh, decent sure. dish this is my family we're talking about these guys are trying to sell me down the river for 250 quid well, like, fair you know? enough okay all right so, yeah. so it's like a sam's chicken order for christmas <laughs> yeah. little bit of a cranberry sauce to make yeah. it more festive yeah. okay cool basically um yeah, so that was uh, Christmas Day. I saw my mum again in the evening and that was it, really. Um, okay. Yeah. What, what about, about New Year's? We're, we're, we're recording this on New Year's Day, 1st of yes. January. What did you do like for the countdown this morning? Oh my God. The most boring thing you can imagine. Go like, on, try me. So yeah, I uh, got back from seeing my mum, got back to Bedford late. Uh, and I just watched Rick Astley, and that was it. Like literally, just watched wait, Rick, that. Rick, <laughs> Rick Astley. I saw a documentary on Rick Astley uh, that was, um, what's, ah. Uh, so what's the song? Everyone thought he was a black guy when he was singing. When Never was gonna younger. give you up. Never gonna give you up. He was very Luther, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. He sounds like Luther a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna hurt you now. See, was it a documentary or did you see him singing? No, nah, no, nah, it was a singing. It was like a countdown to 2024. Okay. So Was it UK that had Rick Astley singing? Yes. Because everyone yeah. had their certain celebrations. I know Rick Astley, yeah. I saw like a mini doc leading up to him doing the countdown. I didn't yeah. realize it was for the countdown until you just said it. Oh, yeah. But I saw like the leading up documentary about it mm, and how he loves singing the song. And oh, he's yeah. lived on that song for 30, 40 <laughs> plus years, mate. That's all, what's up? What year did that song come out? I can really find out actually. Uh, That's an old song. <laughs> that is an old song. Never gonna give you up, must be 70s or early 80s. Gonna give you up. It was 1987. eight. The year that's the year I was born. Wow, I thought it was earlier than that. I think because I was, it was it maybe came out before I was born. 
um, and was all big in the year that I was born. It's anything that's older than me is like automatically seventy five years old. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're like yeah, we're old. But I didn't even know that that, that song took off because of that Rick Roll thing that was going around on the internet like quite a while ago. Rick Roll? You must have heard of Rick Roll, surely. It's no. like someone would send you like something, like it'd be like Grand Theft Auto 7 has been released and they'll send you a link and you open it and it's just like Rick Astley. And then it's like... Just him I singing. never saw that. You must have heard of being Rick Rolled. Like, no, the only oh. thing I, that, that I know that was similar to that was yeah. when... Uh, people would send you something and it, and you open it and it's that porn sound. Yeah, exactly that. Ah, like, uh, uh, that sound. It's exactly that's really really loud. Yeah, that's exactly the equivalent of it. But, like, but just of Rick Astley. That's yeah, like the wholesome the version. Yeah, the wholesome version. Yeah, I got some <laughs> off key friends. <laughs> I got some off key friends, mate. Sending me the the X rated version. Of things. But yeah, I had the most boring New Year's known to man. But what about you? How was your Christmas? How Christmas was good. I um I went to New York with my mum. Oh uh, yes, yeah. I saw the Instagram story about that. I'll I was, get to I, that. Gonna... I'll get to that in a bit. I'll recap on that in a sec. So, I uh, flew to New York with my mum. Spent Christmas uh, up there mm. uh, in New York with my mum, Shy, Shy's fam. Um, to, it was just a nice kind of like I seeing a family Christmas is different for me because yeah. I come from a very kind of some of them won't say it themselves, but it depends on where you stand. Disjointed family, like my there are. I won't go into details, but. Like there are times where we've done Christmas with people that are just not like, they're not family as much as yeah. we're married in and whatsoever. It's just not family and stuff like that. So it was nice to have it with just me and my mum, yeah. knowing that she was going to have a great time. Everybody who was here was going to have a great time. We went away and we did, um, we did like the, the flight to over there and Christmas Eve family night, but over there in Syracuse, and then Christmas Day was like a smaller family vibe, but still very much chilled. And it made me realize a lot of people in, in America, they do Christmas on Christmas Eve mainly. Yeah. So Christmas Day is the chilled day, but Christmas Eve is the day where all the family link up, do all the presents swapping and stuff. But at like the big mama or the big dada's house or whatever. Yeah. So like the, where the where's that, that big home that everyone goes to? That's the one house they go every year. Oh, right. So, uh, and that's a very cultural thing out there. Didn't realize it. Mm. Went out there, me and my mum are there, we're watching this, we're like, it's just so nice to feel this kind of vibe and the welcoming. It was beautiful, yeah. all the presents and stuff. And then uh, the Christmas day was still family, but smaller, but it was a lot more chilled, a lot more quiet. Um, everyone, so you can imagine, let's say grand, everyone goes to grandmother's house and then on Christmas day, it's all that, the, the kids and the, the mum, wait, not the kids, but like the husbands and wives and their kids will be in their house. And then, the brother with her wife and kids in their house and yeah. their house. It'd be like that on yeah. Christmas day. It's yeah. so a smaller, but still a nice little family vibe. Um, and boxing day doesn't exist out there. No, like, not. no, they have boxing day sales right. on companies that are international. So JD sports is now in America, mm. uh, particularly in um, New York. Well, there's a handful, there's like three or four of them out there. Yeah. They had boxing day sales, even though boxing day isn't commonly an American thing. So it, I'm seeing Boxing Day. Everyone's out and about just grabbing the cells, but it doesn't feel like Boxing Day where everybody's at home um, also thinking about doing second Christmas with other extended family members. It didn't feel like that. Yeah. So we went We went from Syracuse to um, Brooklyn. And I went to, uh, my mom to, took my mom to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, she's never 
Um, she's been to New York, but when she stayed, she stayed in Manhattan at Times Square. Last time she went, this time I took her to Brooklyn so she could see, not like even though it's still New York City, it's not like city, city centre. And then um, we walked over Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, that was nice. It was cold though, as you could imagine. Yeah. Walked over Brooklyn Bridge. I've done that before many a time, but it was for my mum to be able to do it so she can get the steps in and the walk in. And she's yeah. fit as a fiddle, yeah. but it's just like we were gymming and we ate good the couple of days. Yeah. So we needed the steps, not just her, <laughs> me as well. Go over the bridge, go see some of the sites. Went to Dumbo House, which is uh, Dumbo side, I mean, Brooklyn side of the Brooklyn Bridge and Manhattan Bridge. You know that picture that's upstairs? Mm. Um, that's right next to where Dumbo House is, where everyone takes that big picture where it's the, the street and then you see. Uh, Manhattan Bridge in the background. Yes. Right? I go there every time I'm out there because oh, it's right. near where I go to the house. Yeah. Um, bit of shopping, ate some food, come back. It was right, it, like you. we packed in so much that in the moment it doesn't feel like it went quick. Mm. But when I look back at it now, it's gone super fast. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we left on 24th. We uh, we landed like morning of the 24th in New York. Flew, left out like 10 p.m. on the 27th, landed 28th back in the UK. And then from the 28th up until 31st, uh, showing Wolverhampton on the 28th. So I flew back, came here, had a nap, went off again. Flew um, flew to Wolverhampton, had a show there. Um, next day was Leeds. Day after that was Nottingham. Day after that, luckily again, was Nottingham again. Um, and then, yeah, countdown just in my car ready to go home driving home crazy yeah what? man i wasn't i did i wanted to get to my own bed yeah i was so tired driving back last night i wanted to get to my own bed i didn't want to do the whole like partying and drinking and yeah, stuff yeah. i just i hadn't seen my bed since before i left and that was even the 21st because i went to do manchester for three nights mm. yeah. so yeah brother it was it was a cool new year's but it wasn't it was very much I'm working as yeah. opposed to me getting up and going happy new year and singing old, old Lisang, whatever it's called. <laughs> I never could pronounce it. Um, it's overrated anyway, I think. <laughs> like, the song? I, no, well, no, the song's fine. Oh, New <laughs> um, Year's. New Year's itself, like celebrating just like the end of the, oh, I don't know, man. I've never been a big fan of it. Like, Nah? Nah, I always hated it. Anytime I got asked to go out somewhere, oh, let's go here. I was dreading it. I always just yeah. prefer, I remember my favourite times playing um, like Smackdown versus Raw whilst the countdown was oh, happening. Oh, classic. Yeah, man. Those, those are my uh, favourite New Year's memories, like instead of like going out to nightclubs and that, but that's just me. I'm a bit of an introvert like that. So <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I'm, nightclubs for me are over, not overrated. If you enjoy them, you enjoy them, but they're overused for me. Cause after, after most comedy shows, when I was growing up in comedy in my twenties, yeah. had a after party and I just, you just rinsed it out in your twenties. Mm. So now I'd mate, I have my Nintendo switch with me. Can't wait to get back to my hotel to just chill. Um, or go get food or yeah. go watch law and order. That's what I'm like after most shows. Yeah, yeah. So after parties ain't it for me now. Yeah. Not to say they're bad. If you like them, you like them. But when you've done them, like if you do a job, which three, four times a week, mm. you're exposed to potentially two after parties and you go to one of them. That's still more than a lot of people that go out clubbing. Yeah. So I'm done. I'm done with that, man. I, the earlier I can get back to my hotel so I can wake up and go gym in the morning, the better. The better. The, nah. the, oh mate get Olivia Benson <laughs> Elliot Stabler Law and Order the t like Odafin Tutuola I'm 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 there yeah, put that on for me bit of Law and Order SVU and I can relax man uh, I'll tell you what happened with the the flight yeah what alright I did this on my socials but I'll say it to you uh, on, on for the people who listen to the podcast so I get onto a BA flight and 
initially that flight was only 55, 60% full. And I know this because I have a, fr- a friend of mine who is uh, a flight attendant yeah. and can tell me bits and pieces about how busy the flight's going to be, etc. And said, your flight's actually not that busy. I'm like, thank God. Me and my mom can sit where we're sitting. She'll be by the window. I'm in the aisle. And there's a seat between us on the left-hand side of the plane. Hopefully no one sits in between us because there's so many other seats elsewhere. One flight got cancelled, I think, the day before or after or on the day, somewhere like that. And they had to rebook everybody onto the flight that I'm on. So when that's happened, my flight's gone from like 50% full to full. We get on the plane. We know someone's going to sit between us. It's fine. See a guy sitting there uh, in the middle seat when we're walking onto the plane. I know my mom's got to get past him to sit by the window. I say, yo, excuse me, bro. My mom's sitting there. Um, Now, his... I say the culture only because I understand some of the teachings as to why there may have been a lack of comfort in this, but it's not to degrade anybody. Uh, he was, I believe, it's a Hasidic Jew. Okay. That was his culture. Yeah. So um, that often what happens is I've been on flights to and from New York. There's a massive community in Williamsburg. Mm. So they may go and visit family elsewhere, but then fly, uh, but go back home as well. It seemed like he was going back home right. to wherever he lived in um, New York City, right? Mm. He definitely could I, I can feel the cultural differences between us he mm. definitely was not comfortable with having my mum and me on either side of him like that yeah. uh but he he when we said my mum said to him hi excuse me I want to go sit there he looked at her and he was just got up out of the seat mum was like trying to say hello just to be nice didn't want to respond really yeah he did didn't want to respond did he not even offer to like take the aisle seat or no 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 well my mum wanted the window we paid for them seats oh fair okay. we paid for the seats because yeah. she always wants the window I always I need the aisle because I'm broad oh right yeah okay. so he gets up he gives her a look and Zach just lets her go in hmm. later on he sits down my mum sits down I sit down he's there I didn't notice this she did he's digging out his nose he's wiping it on his top Oh, sneezing in his hand. I saw many sneezing in his hands. He wiped it on his trousers, oh, right? No. This is maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the flight. Yeah. Another 10, 15 go by, he dozes off. But the flight attendant's now gone past us. And he's, so she has tried to ask, offer us breakfast. I'm taking it, mum's taking it. Offers him breakfast, tries to wake him up. He doesn't get up. My mum being the woman she is, is just like, she doesn't want this young man to miss breakfast. She's like, mm. excuse me, hi, excuse me. Breakfast is being offered. He's not really waking up. She tries it a second time. Hi, you're right. Sorry to disturb you. And he gets up and he looks at breakfast. He looks at her and goes, shakes his head. No words. And then goes to sleep. But then he spreads out even more and oh, then puts his wow. ha- head on his on his fist. Yeah. Leans over. My mum just looked at that and said, you know what? He's tired. I'm not going to say anything. I'll leave it alone. Mm. I eat breakfast. My mum eats breakfast. He doesn't get breakfast. Yeah. Right? Then afterwards, after breakfast is all finished, we, the food gets collected. I get up to go to the toilet. Mum's like, you know, I need to go to the toilet as well. I'm in the aisle, so I just can get up and go. She needs to get past this guy in the middle. So I get up and I go to where the toilet is and I look back. I'm in the queue for the toilet and I look back um, and I can see that she's trying to talk to him. She's like, I could, I knew she was, it was going to be hard to wake up because what happened earlier on. She's like, excuse me. Hi, excuse me. I need to, sorry, excuse me. I don't want to disturb you. Excuse me. Hi, how you doing? Excuse me. And he's not getting up. People around her are kind of laughing. Not at her, but just how difficult it is to wake this guy up because he don't want to budge at all. I could see her trying to do that. And then after about 30, 40 seconds of shaking him and saying, I need to get past, he gets up and he you see his hands moving up and down. 
And I see that body language. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. I don't want to see no waving hands in front of my mum like that. Yeah, yeah. And my mum is like stern. From that happened, she's like, yeah, you need to excuse me. I've said excuse me several times. I've been polite. You need to get out of the way, right? I know that's her attitude. Yeah. I couldn't hear what was happening though. And I couldn't get past because the guy's coming up the aisle now. So I can't even go down and see, see what the problem is. So I had to wait till the guy gets past. I see my mum, him getting up, my mum getting up. And then he blocks the aisle for her to come out again. And he and I see her stand there, hands down, and, and then just looks at him and goes, like that with her head, which I know is her saying, you need to move out of the way. Because yeah. she said it enough now and he's being rude. I don't know what has been said. When I go to the toilet, I come out, I come up. Mum goes to the toilet, comes out. I said, mum, what did he say to you? And she goes, I asked him to get up. And when he had woken up in the end, he looked at me and said, I'm sleeping here. You need to be more considerate and climb over me. Which doesn't make sense. If you're being considerate, you're not going to climb over yeah, someone. exactly. That's like the worst thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Soon as he said, uh, my mum told me he said that, I woke up to him now. I got him now. He's not going to, he's like 25 years old. Right. He's slim. He's like one of the camera stands we've got in there. He's Marga, <laughs> 25. You've got big brawny me. I got him and I said, yo, do we have a problem? And he goes, no, no, there's no problem. I said, so what happened with you and my mom just a second ago? And he goes, oh, she was, um, I was asleep and uh, she wanted to go to the toilet. If she should have climbed over me. I said, my mum, who is of a certain age, is not going to climb over you yeah. to get to the toilet. One, on a plane. Two, it's not respectful to climb over people anyway. Yeah. What would have been more respectful is to ask you to get up, which she said she did, and I saw. And he goes, yeah, well, I would have climbed over. I said, she's not you. Simple as. Listen, we're on a flight. It's busy. It's packed. If she needs to get up and move, I just need you to get up and move. Can you do that? He goes, all right, I will do. Cool. I went back to where my mum is. There was someone at the front of the plane who I'd worked with before, yeah. uh, near where the toilets were. Uh, and I, my mum was talking to her and I was talking to her, her husband and my mum as well. Just talking about this, what this guy, what this guy was doing. Some other guy comes up to us now and he goes, excuse me, hi, did the guy in the red, was that the guy in the red hat that was talking to your mum really, really rudely? Because he had heard it as well. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you know what? He was the same guy that when we were queuing up to get on the plane, and I, I hadn't seen this. When we were queuing up to get on the plane, he was causing so much commotion about trying to push in that mm. someone had to speak to him about how it's rude to push in when there's a queue of people trying to get in through the gate. Yeah. So this guy's already been a problem. <laughs> it's this level of entitlement that this guy felt. Yeah. Anyway. And again, I just want to double down on this. I don't think that, I don't want to say the entitlement comes from maybe a cultural difference but it definitely seemed like somebody who's not used to interacting with anybody else other than those yeah. who might already understand him mm. so when i'm seeing him and he's seeing me he when i talked to him he, he was a bit thrown back but when he's talking to my mum as if my mum was below her and that's why i think it might have been something cultural there yeah i don't want to i don't want to like speak to that as if i know but that could potentially be what it was yeah, yeah. anyway when my mum and him my mum and i and the two people are talking he then gets up and i see it from his seat and he goes to the back. He's gone to complain to the flight attendant. Oh, okay. What's he saying? Like, what can he's, he say? He's really? gone to her. <laughs> I need to move. I want to sit somewhere else. This woman was rude to me. I was sleeping and she woke me up. The flight attendant was the same one who saw when my mum tried to politely wake him up to get his breakfast. Right. And she said to him, actually, she's sitting by the window it's a busy plane. You're going to have to get up when people need you to move. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just how it goes on the plane. We need to look out for each other and muck in together to get by on this. Yeah, well said. So 
I see that and I'm thinking, I know how this can look. If I, I made sure I weren't kicking off on this plane because instantly me, big brawny black guy, cussing out some little kid on the plane, mm. regardless of how I felt, instantly I'm going to look bad. Anyone from a distance who doesn't know what's going on is always going to look and think the one who's loudest and shouting the worst or seems the most aggressive is the one who's always wrong. Mm. So I just say, I'm going to be polite about this. I walked to the back and I saw him again at the back. I know I, I walked to the back and I saw my mum coming after me as well to say, don't, just leave it. Just leave it alone. We'll sit down. I said, no, no, I'm going to have a talk with the flight attendant. My mum goes and sits down. I walked to the back and I see him again talking to her. And I said, yo, for a second time, do, is there a problem? Do we have an issue? He goes, he goes, shake my, no, no, there's no problem. My friend, he went to shake my hand and so on. Mm -hmm. I had totally forgotten where his hands had been. Oh. <laughs> Digging out his nose and all of that. Yeah, <laughs> totally forgot. My mum reminded me when we landed, yeah. right? Totally forgot where his oh, hands had been. No. Shook my hand, right? <laughs> Which in hindsight is disgusting. <laughs> he then um he then says, No, no, I just was saying, you know, like she should have climbed over and so on. But honestly, we're okay, it's all good. And the flight attendant's like trying to make sure there's no I hope there's no problems. I hope we're all good and so on and so forth, right? I go and sit down. He then says to her, Can I sit somewhere else? She's like, I'll look for somewhere, but there's nowhere else on this plane. It's full. But after about 10 minutes, he comes, he sits down. I get up. He says, I'll climb over you. I said, no, no, you can, I'll get up. You sit down. No need to climb over me. Mm -hmm. Cool. Then uh, about another 10, 15 minutes after that, as I'm sitting, I think I'm just dozing off a little bit. Flight attendant, flight manager of the attendants comes up to me. Says, hi, how you doing? We heard what happened earlier on. Um, we just want to apologize for the way that someone has spoken to your mum." Mm -hmm. I said, don't worry, it's not your fault. And he's apologised in his, in his own way. Whether he's serious or not, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah. As long as he doesn't do anything again, we'll all be fine. She goes, we found another seat, if you'd like. Um, and either you or your mum can go and sit there. That will free up some space there. She weren't going to offer it to him. Yeah. She offered it to either me or my mum if he wanted to move. And I said, you know, that'd be great. Where's the seat? And then he went, well, it's up in business class. Hmm. And I'll be, I'll be real with you. Mum almost never got to sit in business class because I, when she offered it to both of us, I almost mum, I was gonna leave her there. No, 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 because she offered it to me to make a decision, but I can't do that in it. Yeah. So I said, Mum, look, and I played it like she's in trouble. I said, Mum, look, the attendant wants to talk to you. She, and then the attendant goes, Yeah, um, Miss, can you please step out? And my mum was like, What's going on? And I knew what was coming. She comes out and they go, hi, we heard what happened. We just want to apologize that you had to deal with that kind of rudeness. So we found you another seat. It's up in business class. Your son said that if you're all right, we're going there. You can go there. My mom was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> left me left me in the economy with Mr. Dig Out Nose. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. my God. But so I, I picked up her stuff. Uh, after she found her seat, picked up herself, took it up there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was... Uh, oh, wicked, yeah, it was nice. Her, her seat was banging. She's done business class before, yeah. but to do it without having to pay anything. Oh, beautiful. And most of the flight as well. Yeah. It was, because it was like the first hour and a half of the flight that this, all this is oh, going right. on. So what, you're about like seven hours almost? She, it was a uh, nearly eight, seven and a half hour flight. So yeah. six hours of her in business class. Oh. She was fine. The guy... When, it, when she got up, I said, all right, there's space. Can you move to the window, please? And he was like, yeah. And he moved to the window yeah. and he went to sleep. Everybody around was like, yeah. well done to you, mum. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Because she weren't rude. Yeah, this yeah. guy was yeah. about get up and like, why you need to learn some manners, climb, climb over, over me if yeah. I'm sleeping. Yeah. And he said it and everyone else is around. Mm. I saw him go to, cons uh, to console with, um, 
I think it was the rabbi at the back of the plane, but I don't think they flew together. Right. But um, I mean, I would do that as well if I knew there was a pastor on the plane, spiritual guidance. You went to go and speak to him uh, to kind of get some guidance about keeping calm and so on. And even I, I remember seeing the rabbi, even the rabbi looked at him and he said, and I heard him say, you're on a plane, you have to move when people ask you to move. Mm. And I was like, good. Yeah. This kid was just entitled. Yeah. yeah. The idiot, he was entitled, man. But my mum got upgraded to business class because of it. So <laughs> yeah, big. I love a happy ending. <laughs> and I never had to pay a dime for her to sit there. So yeah, man, big up business class. Oh, well and big up to British Airways. British Airways did be nice. Mm. They looked after me. They looked after my mum. They were very polite. I would never complain about them, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. So, mm. Well, no, that's a good story, man. It's, it's, it's difficult, I think, when when you're in a, like on a plane with people, I feel like you, you really get to experience um, <laughs> other cultures uh, and some difficult situations, for example. I think most cultures have the same morals. Mm. The extremes of every culture differ to... Uh, the, the, the extreme of one culture differs to the extreme of another. Yeah. And that's where you get the, the problems. Example, uh, our grandparents would refer to each other in ways that would be disrespectful by our standards. Yeah, yeah right? for sure. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. All kinds of words that would be said that oh, we yeah. wouldn't say. But our grandparents, wherever they're from, are going to be more true to the culture that they're attached to. One, of their time, mm. when they probably didn't interact with each other as much. And two, of their country. So my grandparents are from the um, Cuba and Jamaica, right? My grand was born in Cuba. One of my grands born in Cuba, moved to Jamaica. The other one born in Jamaica, right? They're going to be of their cultures from what they know. Mm -hmm. So interacting with British white people, it's going to be a different thing yeah. until they've done it in long enough time. So they're just going to know what they know from where they're from. Mm -hmm. Whereas right now, even though we are two different our heritages are two different places mm. and there are going to be things that I'm going to experience different from you and vice versa. Mm. We still both born and raised in Britain. So mm. we got similarities. So they're not so far apart. Yeah. yeah. And the majority <laughs> of us are like that. Yeah, yeah. But you get the extremes from one side to another. And that's, and that's minimal. It's a minimal percentage of them. And that's where you find often the people that give you, the, the troubles or the ignorance that can cause headaches. Yeah. But the majority of us on a plane like that, because mm. everybody else was fine from all different backgrounds. It was this kid. It wasn't just because of it. I don't think it was because of his culture, yeah. but I do think because of his placement within it, being around us, he may see that as initially threatening mm. yeah. for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Because he hasn't been around us as much in such a close integrated way mm. that he may he then may feel like oh i'm a bit wary of who i am around yeah. and then how he reacted as well was just the ignorance of who he was so yeah yeah bun him bun yeah. him <laughs> bun him dirty man I've, this, it was not the, the thing that got me the most forget how you spoke to my mom because my mom could deal with herself mm. it's the digging out of the nose bruv <laughs> and the spreading the leg in the middle you know i'm bigger than he is he's there spreading the leg in the middle right and taking up both armrests I should have poked oh, him wow. in his eye, man. <laughs> but I'm polite. I know what it looks like. If I start going, mind yourself, man. <laughs> if I do that, if he did it to me, I wouldn't move that much. Yeah. And I could, so do that again. <laughs> do that again. Because he was so little, if I did it to him, it looked like I'm bullying him. Yeah. But yeah. because his mouth was so rude and he was definitely pissing himself when, when, when my mom spoke to him, mm. he was like, you're a woman, I'm talking down to you. Yeah. Disrespect. 
when I then stepped in and said, do we have a problem? Mm. No, no, we're all fine. Thank you. The honesty, we're okay. We're all good, my friend. I hate that word, by the way. Oh, sorry, word. I hate that phrase. When people say my friend, like, yeah. I don't know, there's always like some like deeper meanings that almost, like I don't like it. It's like- Governor, mate, yeah. boss, yeah, brother. I, I say mate a bit, but I don't, I try not to say it, but like- It depends on who says it. If you say it naturally, cool. Yeah. Like, I, they're like some, my female friends, yeah. like- female friends even like my my family i might go what yeah. like not like oh how you doing babe babe yeah, yeah, just yeah, in, yeah. yeah i mean yeah. those kind of things right yeah. i'll say nah mate like you know, or so, mate yeah. or bro or yeah. or cuzzy or whatever and it, it may not be related related yeah. to me or, yeah, yeah but yeah it just depends on who you are mm. um but yeah nah it's um how he was he was i looked at his hands he he bites his nails you know oh. like your nails are supposed to be a certain length he bites them down so they look like Moon cups. That's what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> the man bite his nose. They look like moon cups, right? <laughs> or the popper things that Mick thought were moon cups. <laughs> he had like his fingers were like bright red. Yeah. So it's like he was hot and sweaty the whole time. Oh no. It was weird. The guy was weird. Maybe he just didn't like flying and that's why he was trying to force himself to sleep. It could be know. that. It could be that he was agitated in that sense. But even still, man, have some decorum because not all of us like flying. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's go topics. What are we saying? Right, first one, let's start with Mr. Dave Chappelle. Have you seen... Okay, so first thing, before I get into this, have you seen Dave Chappelle's new stand-up? Yes, I watched it this morning. What do so, you think? So, so good. You liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. It's always going to cause contention. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got to be like, I feel quite bad saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because um, I, I used to say like, Chappelle was like my favorite stand-up comedian, right? And recently at work, I said that this girl I work with, I won't say any names or anything like that. But she says to me, oh, you like Chappelle? And I was like, yeah, what's wrong with him? He was like, the greatest, one, one of the greatest comedians to ever do it. He goes, well, actually, I think what he said about trans people really um, upset me and it upset this person and this person, I'm like, look, I don't want to get into this. I'm just saying he's one of my favorite comedians. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You, you, can, you can like him, Sam, that's fine. But I'm just saying the stuff he says is just not great. And I'm like, so, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> every, we live in a world where nuance is taken away because people's feelings need to be validated before we understand any context. Yeah. Yes, everyone's feelings are allowed to be had. People are allowed to feel how they feel. You're allowed to not like him. Mm. But you're also allowed to go, and because I don't like him, I want to switch him off. Yeah. But we're in a world now where they go, I don't like him. And thus I need everybody else to not like him. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Yeah. There are people of different faiths, backgrounds, understandings that are contradictory to the other persons that they believe. Mm. But the thing is, the beauty about our life is that we're all allowed to enjoy what we're allowed to enjoy. Mm. As long as enjoying it does not in that moment physically harm somebody else. Yeah. You can't control anyone else's feelings. Me liking Chappelle uh, is going to upset somebody who doesn't like Chappelle and wants everybody to think like yeah. That person yeah, does. Yeah. And that's just the way the world goes, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. Has he said some stuff which is very flagrant about the LGBTQ plus community? 100%. Yeah. Has he said some stuff that's flagrant about like black, white, Asian? Because oh. his wife is he gets onto like yeah. loads of demographics. Yeah. In this one, he was talking about um, people with disabilities and so on. But the thing is, if you hear the joke out of context, which is why we're going to get into this particular story. If you hear jokes out of context where you just hear something that someone says mm. and not understanding that there is a buildup, there is a reason they're going to this, there is a story behind it, there is some nuance attached, some context attached, you're going to hear it and go, that line is offensive. Yeah. 
But if you take away the fact that he is trying to do comedy and maybe push the line and the boundary that some people have set in place, for many who watch him, they want him to do that, not because they think that he dislikes any communities that he talks about, but because for them, it's almost, you could see it in the special that he did recently, The Dreamer. For them, he's basically saying, you know, you know when I talk, it's gonna cause a problem. And they're like, yeah, we wanna see how you cause a problem. Not because they think that he is in essence, believably problematic against the communities he talks about from a actively, like actively aggressive standpoint, but more so having the discussions that a lot of people either have at home or have thoughts around and then going, how can I either make this funny or how can I make this like of a gut punch enough that people see me and go, that's what I wanted Chappelle to do mm. because he's the one who can do it. Yeah. Yeah. There is that's that's the issue with when it comes to comedy. If you walk very safely along the lines because you don't want to offend anybody, you can't write anything. No, I agree. You cannot write anything. There is I've said hello to people on stage that are offended by me just simply speaking to them. Really? Because it, yeah, yeah, because in their eyes, not because of anything I've done, they feel just by what they think is going to happen that me simply saying, How you doing? You're right, is a precursor to me taking the mick out of them oh, because they've seen it happen elsewhere. Yeah, in yeah. their mind, they've already got it built up. When you've talked, when you speak to me, you're going to embarrass me, and that already has embarrassed me, and now I'm offended, and you are out of order for speaking to me. Mm. Like, you cannot win when it comes to this. So, that uh, I watched that special and I I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Yes, he does hit on some communities and stuff. Like I look, oh, there was a joke where he said, "I'm not talking about." He says, "I'm not talking about members of the transgender community anymore. I'm only going to speak. In fact, I'm going to hit him with a new angle coming." And he then goes, "I'm going to um, punch down on the um, the community of the uh, people with disabilities." Yeah. Right. <laughs> when he did that. He, it's not that he has anything against them. You can tell by what he's doing. He's going, well, boy, and he, he puts it in a joke. I'm not, if you don't want me to talk about you, I'll talk about them so you can't be offended. And then he played on the communities, uh, people from um, different sections of the disability community. He said on them that they were going, I didn't come here to be taken the mick out of. I came here for you to take the mick out of trans yeah. people. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. He's playing on the idea that everybody is going to get offended and say, I didn't want you to take the mick out of me. I wanted you to talk about everybody else. <laughs> it was so well done. It's not his best. That's one thing no, I will I say. Love Chappelle. Yeah. Top three for me. Yeah. Not his best stand up though. No, I agree. Because uh, not because he's fallen off, mm. but I think it felt so short. It really mm. felt shorter yeah. than than I wanted it to be. But also I think um, some of the first few he did on Netflix, untouchable. Yeah, I agree. Like he went, he did Killing Me Softly, he did um, For What It's Sticks Worth. Sticks and Bones? No, was it? Um, Sticks and, no. Oh no, you're thinking the ones after he came back yes, on Netflix. Sorry, so the ones yeah. before, Killing Me Softly, mm. Killing Him Softly is the one he did in that same auditorium in DC. Mm. He did um, For What It's Worth, which was great. Yeah. Um, this one felt like it had elements of For What It's Worth in there when he talked about the young boys 14 who got incarcerated for setting a building on fire. I don't, oh, spoiler alert, everybody. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. It's on Netflix. You can watch it now anyway. <laughs> I haven't told you punch. I was just giving you context. Um, it, it's got elements of that in there, but I think because he's done so many great ones that have just been up there on top, mm. I'm not saying that these ones are terrible. They're not by any means, but it's very hard to get three or four like untouchable like yeah. hours 
at like out of the park like he's done mm. that if you then get like some nine, eight and seven out of tens, no one could ever fault you because yeah. they were sick. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I just belched there. I'm so professional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he, um, I will never say that anyone should have a right, anyone should not feel how they feel. Everyone's feelings are valid. Mm. But because everyone's feelings are valid, no one's right to tell somebody else how they should feel is valid. Yeah. If you like something and I don't like it, then that's how it is. Mm. I have my reasons for liking something. You cannot like it. If what if me liking something as a whole project, you take that as also oh, what you're saying is you like that he does this, which makes me feel like that. It's not what I'm liking. Yeah. I can't control how you feel. The same way there are some things like I've had it where people say stuff. Um, like Gervais, Gervais is flagrantly disrespectful. Oh, I've seen his latest one. And there are people of of the, um, there are people like black people that don't like Gervais's stand up because of just how he is. Yeah, no, I've, be, seen, I've seen some clips of Gervais, and I can see why. In all honesty, oh, oh there's loads of different communities that don't. Yeah, but there are some that do. And I think with Gervais as well, it's mm. so it's delivered so kind of blank yeah. that you're almost like it sounds like he really believes these things. Mm. And what he's saying <laughs> I'm not saying that's the case But I, if someone else says I don't like it Cool I can see As a comedian I'm a bit different though. I can see Where comedians are building up jokes And the shock value Is what they're trying to do I'm not really a shock jock Kind of fan myself mm. But if that's what they do That's what they do Big up them I may not It may not be my thing But I can understand Why some people like it And some people don't mm. And that's the place We all should be yeah. Is being able to go Well you don't like it Cool You like it Cool Yeah I don't have to like it or I can like it. Cool. I think with this, um, with Chappelle, it's, it's, it's like with Matt Rife. Mm. The same thing happened with him. Everybody loved Matt Rife because of all the crowd work stuff he did. Then he did a Netflix special of some of the stuff where he's talking about women disrespectfully. Mm. But because women built him up to be the sexy, young, funny guy, and then he then punched down on women on his, on his material. Yeah. They were like, we didn't come here for you to talk bad about us. But they were happy to laugh when he was talking bad about other people or yeah. individuals in the crowd. So I'm not here. I don't hear when people complain about things individualistically, but I do listen when people say some content that, they, that people do and say can be dangerous. And that's the thing that I will hear a conversation about and then question, well, how is it dangerous? Yeah. What is it that has been said, etc. I may not agree on some terms, but that's where the conversation can lie. Mm. I'm not going to defend jokes, but I'm also not going to criticize them because I'm a comedian mm. and I'm not here to do that. Yeah. I think I've always said this. Everyone has the right to make any joke they want to and any material they want to. I think cookies are coming actually. One second. <laughs> everyone has the right to make any joke that they want but they also, but come in. Sorry, we'll get back to that bit in just a sec. <laughs> Our cookies here. Is that oh, where wow. it is? Come on. <laughs> you know what? I can you just put them, give one to charge and then put one on the table. Is that all right? <laughs> Don't worry. You're not going to be on camera. You're good. We got uh, a chef. You, oh, wow. Chef Thank shy. You. Come on. Big cookies in the place. <laughs> Thank you, Shai. This is why you got to have good people around you, man. And they're warm as well. You, how they taste? Oh, unbelievable. Oh, they're freshly baked. All right, I'll have one in a sec. <laughs> um, I always believe that comedians can make jokes about absolutely anything, but they don't have the right to tell everybody how they should feel about them. And that's where I, that, that's where I also, um, 
There are comics that I know that are shock jocks and then get offended where the crowd are offended because they go, well, it's just comedy, you should laugh. No, yeah. you can't tell people how to feel about what you said to say, but they can't tell you about what you want to say. And that's where I think we are at. People yeah. should understand. Comedians are going to say what they're going to say and you can or cannot like it. Yeah. I do like when he went into the bit about uh, Chris Rock getting slapped and yeah. then him getting slapped. That was, that so was really good. What, the, um, the, <laughs> the gun that identifies a knife. Oh my Because <laughs> <laughs> the guy had a, he had something that looked like a gun. Yeah. Um, but when he pressed the button, a knife came out. So he <laughs> said a gun that identifies a knife. He's out of order. Very oh, funny. That Jim Carrey opener as well, that killed me. That Jim Carrey opener is crazy. Oh. And then, do you know what I loved about Chappelle? Everyone he talked about, mm. everybody he mentioned, if you look at the end of the video, everybody he mentioned, yes. whether it be the, the congressman who was um, in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. Jim Carrey, John Stewart. Chris Rock, John Stewart, everybody he mentioned was in the outro video because he has relationships with people, mm. even if he takes the mick out of them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about this particular Chappelle story. Okay, yeah. Read it out loud. So, Dave Chappelle abruptly ended a show. He walked off stage after a fan pulled out a phone during the Florida gig. Now, I have seen Dave Chappelle, uh, when was that, last year, two years ago? And Where did you see him? Uh, I saw him at the Hammersmith two years ago. I think it was. Um, but, yeah, it was a Hammersmith. Mm. Um, and, yeah, obviously, before you go in, they have the bags because they don't like filming. A lot of comedians do this now. Not all of them, but a lot. <laughs> the ones who could afford it. Yeah, pretty much. Where they basically put your phone in a, a bag, seal it up so you can't start posting stuff online or stuff like that. But yeah, Chappelle was one of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously someone's got their phone out during his set. He's noticed it and just walked off. Um, Good. I mean, I don't know if that was to protect his set or I don't know. I think that's cool. Yeah, no, I agree. I wouldn't like, I'm not faulting him for it at all. Um, <laughs> I think some people's complaints are, I saw somebody who doesn't, this is where I, I don't listen to a lot of people online anymore that don't want to read. Mm. Someone said, well, if that's the case, why didn't he just make sure all the phones got locked away? Yeah. He did. And then that same person, I was reading the thread, where, well, some people need to have their phones because of emergencies and stuff. Then don't go to the show if you need to have your phone. Go to a show where you can keep your phone on you. This isn't that show. Yeah, but what if they want to see Dave Chappelle? They follow the rules. <laughs> so people will try to make things work for them in any way possible. Bend the rules, break them. And then when the rules are broken and Chappelle goes, well, if that's what you're doing, I'm going to yeah. walk off. Because yeah. part of the rules are you cannot record this show. Mm, yeah, For the very reasons we've been talking about, things get taken out of context. And you try to ruin bits before they're input into the context of what a show is. And I've been to a Chappelle show. I've been to loads of shows mm. where you have to put your phone away. Even it, I've been to shows where I'm friends with the, the act mm. and the, I, I know them and still phone away. Yeah. If it's one that you lock your phone in a bag, phone away mm. and you have to do it. Yeah. So good. I'm glad he did that. Maybe it will stop people from actually breaking those rules. And I hope that everybody looked and found who the person was. Mm. And then um, like, they piled on that person for yeah. ruining it for everybody else. Yeah. Rightfully so. No, I agree. Rightfully so. And if I was him, the amount of people that I, like the amount of times that I get attacked in the news for doing what I do, if I was him, I don't want no one filming me out of context. I don't want no one having access to me in the way they feel they should. Mm. Like, remember when he got attacked on the stage? Yeah. Someone at the back had a camera. Oh, yeah, because it went, yeah. Viral. It went viral. Mm. 
Oh. Ah, oh, well. Yeah, he done the right thing. He definitely did. What's next for him, do you think? Uh, I don't know. Take a bit of a break again and then probably do one more special. I'd say. I don't know. How many more is he going to do? That's the thing. I don't think... I don't think he's going to do another special next. You know I think he's going to do what he did with Earthquake mm. and put on other people that he works with. Oh, right. So they can yeah. get their specials out on Netflix. Yeah. Do you know who Earthquake is? No. DJ Earthquake? No, 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 no. He's a comedian. Nah, don't know him. Earthquake is one of the best comedians in America. Oh, right. One of the most underrated comedians. Yeah. And I'd seen Earthquake from a long time ago. I had a DVD of Earthquake. Oh, wow. Okay. DVD. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a comedy fan, connoisseur. Yeah. It's what I do for a living. Oh, that's so. good. That's a good way to be. <laughs> so I had this DVD of Earthquake uh, from years ago. And it was killer. And I was like, this guy's great. And when I had the DVD, he was already like 20 years in the game. He has his own comedy clubs and everything. Bro, Earthquake is a big boy. Have you, do you remember, um, Everybody Hates Chris? Yes. Do you remember the uncle, mm. right, that used to come in? Yeah. Small eyes, bald head. Yeah. Uh, he used to go, hey, big man, all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's Earthquake. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Beast of a comedian. Jesus and what God. I love about what Chappelle did is Chappelle mm. had the opportunity to showcase other comedians and he showcased Earthquake. Right. Earthquake's got an hour on Netflix. Watch it. Has he? Okay. It is so good. I always thought it was quite good with like watching people's specials on Netflix. That's one I haven't seen yet. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's it's produced by Chappelle. Yeah. And then Earthquake comes on, he does his thing. All right. I'll and it's killer. That. And do you know what I like, liked about it? It's not like old material that I've seen of Earthquake. It was him talking about that mm. new stuff, about him coming out of the pandemic. And he oh, done right. it so well. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Typical like old American guy, funny. Oh, I love that. Funny, man. You'll like it, man. Like during lockdown... Uh, a friend of mine gave me a load of um, Def Jams to watch. Mm. Oh my God. Some of that stuff. I literally like studied that. <laughs> it was which, so good. Which one do you remember as your favorite? Oh, I think Cedric the Entertainer was on one of them. He was good. Obviously, I know he like kind of, he was, he's very well known, I know, but. Yeah, um, Ced was already big when Def Comedy Jam was out. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember anyone else now. That's great. Uh, I would literally have a whole notebook on it, like what their opener was and everything. Oh, Are you were studying, studying. Yeah, yeah, I was studying. So I had nothing else to do in lockdown because I was like, a, well, I still am like an open mic comic. So I'm just trying to like learn from um, some like <laughs> some of the greats, if you will. So yeah, it was good to study and like actually learn what people's openers are because that's what I always found hard, like openers and that. So. Yeah, it was it was good good to watch. I still got so much more to go through as well. So, okay. yeah. Um, See, so look, there's a there's when the guy attacked him. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that was. <laughs> He's got those homeless dreads. <laughs> <laughs> when he said he tried to be funny and he couldn't, but then Chris Rock came out and said, "Was that yeah. Will Smith?" <laughs> and he said, "All right, Chris, fine." <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it was good, man. <laughs> I still don't know how he gets away in the venue with smoking, you know. Like, he I, pays I, a fine. Oh, does he? Uh. Oh, fair, okay. <laughs> pays a fine. I've seen him do small venues. Pays a fine. Oh, wow. Oh, crazy. But some small venues will try to the absolute best to mm. hide it. Yeah, yeah. Because they just want Chappelle in the room. For sure. Having Chappelle in the room means if he smokes, he smokes. So what? It's yeah. Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, what's next? I'll move on. I'll stick to sort of, I'll stick with the comedians. 
So, hey. So I love this. I love this woman. Yeah, Rosie Jones. Um, I think I've got mutual friends actually. I've never actually met her. I I I do. I've seen her stuff. I like it. Obviously. Never met her. I never met her. She is amazing. Is she? She's yeah. such a lovely, warm person. Yeah. Every time you see her, always like just greeting and smiling and so on. She um yeah. So the big fat quiz of the year. And she was on a team with Catherine Ryan. And oh, honestly, I checked this myself. Yeah, if you go on Twitter and type in her name, nothing, I couldn't see one single positive thing. It was literally just like all abuse. I'm not even surprised. Right. Hold on, let's give context. Yes. Rosie Jones, a stand-up comedian from the UK. She also has cerebral palsy. So um, when people see her on like panel shows and so on, uh, her cerebral palsy also affects her speech and the speed of her speech as well. So uh, what tends to happen is, you get the horrible people that are online that watch her and they just, because they could be keyboard warriors, they say, you know what? I'm going to go to Twitter, go to Facebook and I'm going to make comments about her. She's funny. Yeah. Uh, you watch her do a stand-up. She's funny. I've worked with her so many times. Mm. She's so funny. Yeah. And, uh, but again, there are people that can't get past their ableistic, mm. ableist prejudice. Mm. So Yeah. Especially those who fully believe that the only reason that she's on these shows is for a diversity quota. Yeah. They always think that you're just putting her on these shows because she is someone who has cerebral palsy mm -hmm. and you're ticking a disabled checkbox, which yeah. is not true because she has definitely earned her, yeah. her strength. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, I mean, these are the comments that were going on. And if I'm, if I'm right, I haven't spoken to her or seen her since this has happened because I mean it's only been recently but she's decided to take is it time away from comedy or time away from social media uh I don't I just, probably everything all I right think. let's let's have a look so she was on what show was it have I got uh, news for you big fat quiz of the year no, big fat quiz of the year sorry my yeah. apologies so she was on big fat quiz of the year uh and then went on Twitter and then all of the like loads of people on Twitter were just being ableist mm. rather than, if you don't like someone you don't like someone but when you start to spew hate and you're mm. attacking somebody's um medical condition and state of uh, and state of ability mm. that's when you then are crossing a very disgusting line yeah, so it's crazy like i've got like i have some comedians i'm not really big fans of but i'd never even consider going on twitter saying oh they're not funny or i don't like them like, yeah. just, like you just, know if you don't opinion, like someone like, don't just didn't turn yeah. them off yeah, yeah there yeah, is an off button yeah but they took to twitter and said you know what i'm gonna attack her yeah. and take the take the mick out of her cerebral palsy. So, yeah. all right, we're back. We had a technical difficulty. Sorry about that, guys. And I had to eat a cookie. Anyway, <laughs> Rosie Jones. So what she had said, you zoomed in, perfect. Um, initially on the 18th of December, she said, thank you for all the lovely messages about the Royal Variety last night. What fun. Less of a thanks to the not so lovely ones. Comedy is subjective and it's okay if I'm not your cup of tea. But please remember the differences between personal preference and downright ableism there you go she's talking to people that don't know how to just say i don't like your comedy and or i don't like you because you are disabled or mm. you have cerebral palsy and i'm attacking you because of that which is mean and unfair yeah because she has she can't control that and then that was the 18th of december she then retweeted that same thing with a quote on top of it on the 28th of December, 10 days later, rinse and repeat. So obviously this has happened again. Mm. Different telly shows, same old ableism. Thanks for the support, but I'm going to lie low for a bit and sink into the perineum of Christmas and New Year. Rosie is such a lovely person. Yeah. She's bubbly. She's upbeat. And she also does not throw your cere her cerebral palsy in mm. your face. Yeah. 
That's one thing. So when people are drawing it out on Twitter, it's not because she's there throwing it at you. It's because they have an issue with being able to handle and understand yeah. somebody with cerebral palsy and are too ignorant to want to learn. Yeah. All they want to see is what they see as opposed to seeing that she's a person who also has cerebral palsy, but is a person first, mm. yeah. comedian second. See what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. What, what her affliction is, is her affliction, but she lives her life absolutely fine in terms of like going out there, doing comedy, not asking for people to be sorry for her. So yeah, people that have issues always will have issues because they themselves are just problematic. Yeah. Uh, criticism of Jones appeared to be exacerbated by fans defending Ricky Gervais, or those comparing the two. See, why would you compare Ricky and her? No idea. No idea at all. As I said, I've seen Ricky's latest stand up. The one on Christmas Day, Armageddon. Yeah. You good? I've got to be honest, I saw his warm-up show in St. Albans, right? And I thought that was really good. That's like yeah. one of the best things I've seen. I watched Armageddon and I think I got like 35 minutes into it and I was like, ah, wasn't feeling it in all honesty. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to lie, it was very poorly edited. <laughs> but yeah, that's just me. <laughs> Here we go. Rosie Jones, uh, Fura has exposed, uh, Fura? Fura? Yeah. Has exposed a depressing reality. A significant number of people in this country really would prefer it for visibly disabled people to hide away at home. Big facts. That's well, very true. That's very true, and it's sad that that's the, ca the case. Yeah. Um, they're fine with disabled people, you know. They just don't want to have to he see or hear them. Mm. I think a lot of them also sit there and go, it's a woke society. You're just trying to hire everybody who ticks a checkbox. They actually believe that. Yeah. And to some degree, we've spoken about this before, there is, um, there is in a, there are sometimes, not in this case, but sometimes, initiatives where companies go we have not been doing enough of a mm. so we're going to do a by overcompensating with b yeah that's not what happens in this case rosie is a great comedian a great person and has a unique story to tell she's really really good really funny and such a laugh to be around honestly mm. so um yeah those people that have issues and problems they need to look at themselves and why would you need to go to social media to show a barrage of hate for somebody mm who isn't doing you anything yeah, wrong yeah. <laughs> apart from being on the television that you can again turn off yeah so yeah. shouts to rosie jones love prayers and well wishing i know she's fine right it's not easy to read these things but rosie is definitely a strong person picks herself back up again and goes i'm gonna go out and do what i love doing because there are people that love me She'll yeah. be, she's that person <laughs> so i can't wait for when she has more like she'll talk about this on stage and you know what? it'll be great yeah, yeah it'll be great she's like there are some people who are just horrible, like in general. Mm. And you can understand that even if they are funny or great, they could be deplorable people. She is the total opposite of that. Yeah. Not a bad word to say about her. So anyone who's got an issue has to look at themselves. Anyway. I agree. What's next? What's next? Let's go for something a bit lighthearted, I guess. The couple who sold everything to live on cruise ships the rest of their lives. I hear this, you know. I mean, you've probably experienced it. You've probably met people. <laughs> so I've done cruise ships where I've met people that live on cruise ships. Yeah. Or they work or they do long cruises for long periods of time. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I could do it, but I'm not old enough to get to that point where I go, I can live on a cruise for the rest of my life. A cruise is that good? I've never been on one. I mean, uh, you're a cruise connoisseur now. So <laughs> I don't know. No, cruises are dope. Are they? So really Virgin, for example. Yeah. You go on the galley. Mm -hmm. They have food every day day yeah. non-stop all day 
um, available. You get up, there's breakfast, there's lunch, there's dinner, there's loads of different places you can go, different um, restaurants you can eat at, and you get to get off the ship every few days as well. Yeah. So it's a constant holiday. It's like a moving holiday home. Loads of people do it. There's some ships that do it that sail all over the world mm. and they go to like um, near near Antarctica, I think. No, it, near Antarctica. Yeah. Um, and they go up as well to like Southern of South Africa, not South Africa, South America, then up around. It's like they do a big circle around kind of the, the Pacific. Yeah. Pacific or Atlantic? Pacific, yeah. Cool. So they do things like that regularly and people live on them. And the cabins you can live in. They're like, imagine a hotel suite yeah. where you've got more than one room. Like a kitchen and... Kitchenette. Yeah. But why would you need a kitchen? You can go to the galley to get food as well. Good point, yeah. Kitchenette. Um, I don't know. Uh, like a living room area and mm. bedroom and bathroom. Mm. That is bigger than some people's houses in the UK. Mm. So to do it, not that crazy. But you have to be at an age where you're like, I'm not missing anything on land. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there yet. Plus as well, me. I, I say this on stage, being at sea... Like boats and ships, I can't, I've worked on them before. It ain't for me, man. It ain't for me. Again, <laughs> yeah. not for the historical reason. <laughs> but something about something moving nonstop all the time. Yeah. It just ain't for me. Does it? Well, it actually just keeps moving. I, oh, obviously it stops when it like... Um, At dock, docks, yeah. Yeah. When the weather's rough, you yeah. feel it. Oh, wow. Right. You do feel it. I don't, um, I, I don't know why. I just assumed it literally just stood there sometimes at sea and just, just waited. No, 22 miles per hour. Really? Wow, okay. I've been on one where a helicopter has had to come and airlift someone off because they got really, really sick. Oh, wow. Uh, so the ship stopped and you look outside and it is pitch black. Yeah. Nothing. You only see the ocean near you because the light's from the ship. Oh, no. Other than that, there's nothing. There's no lights. It's just sea. People that got, get stranded at sea, that must be one of the scariest things I think I think about that a lot. I cannot tell you. Like I think I saw this video once where this guy was working on a submarine. He's opened the door. You can't see anything. It's like the most darkest thing in the world. And I just want to highlight something you said. Yeah. If you open a door in a submarine, sorry, was it? A sub I don't know what it was. I, I maybe that was probably a poorly. I, I just, if you open a door in a submarine, <laughs> I think that's the last thing you'll do. Yeah. I, I don't know. I could be wrong here, but if he oh, opened the door no. in a submarine, I have a feeling. That submarine <laughs> stopped working like a submarine. Uh, a door, yeah. <laughs> and what's also bad as well is I've just remembered David Chappelle's. Um, <laughs> oh, that the submersible, the submersible thing, yeah. joke as well. Oh my god! Sorry, <laughs> I really need to stop talking about how good that special was. Nah, it's cool. It was bro. great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If it, sorry, it was probably just a a poorly captioned video. Then it wasn't a submarine. It was something at sea. But yeah, mm. it was just pitch black and like i could not imagine anything worse than like imagine like the, the survivors oh, sorry like even the people that fell off the titanic because you just imagine like how dark it was out there and just oh and god. how cold it would have been as well yeah yeah oh my god honestly uh sold everything but yeah. i mean when we say sold everything you see when people say that that caption sold mm. everything yeah. if they sold their home mm. to buy a cabin on a cruise yeah. you've sold a house for a house yeah, it's not really selling everything not selling all the clothes off your back and you know well, no, well i mean you may <laughs> they may have done some of that too but yeah. if i sell this house 
to buy another house. Yeah. That would be selling everything <laughs> to buy another house. Another house yeah. People don't understand that when these people live on cruises, they live in an apartment that is serviced, that belongs to them, mm. that is their cabin. They don't just go from like ship to ship. Some do, mm. but even if they do, if you're in your retirement years, so what? Yeah. Like doing a cruise a year, it's gonna cost it's gonna cost some money. Oh yeah. But I'm guessing it's gonna be cheaper than maybe a ten day, twelve day cruise. Mm. Trying to do the maths here. It's not gonna yeah, if you have a cruise where it's one of the no frills ones, but you can mm. eat, live and there's food and stuff on the cruise and stuff, it's doable. Yeah. I just wouldn't do it. You're selling everything to live to live somewhere else, but the way you're living, it's like caravan. People drive around anywhere they want to go with the caravan. Yes. It's the same with the ship, obviously, but you don't have control as to where it goes. Scroll down. Let me see. John and Melody Hennessy. <laughs> Great second. That says everything I need to know. <laughs> everything I need to know is in that that those four words, right? Before, I'm not going to read any further, but I guarantee you, American. Yep. I guarantee they're going to be from, I'm going to say Florida. Yeah. Uh, they're already older. We already know that. They're older because they've sold everything. <laughs> uh, and I guarantee either they have kids that are raised and so on, or they're like people that got married in the last 10 years after raising everybody. Mm -hmm. All right, let's read on. Here we go. John and Melody Hennessy plan to spend the rest of their lives cruising around the world and they reckon it could be as much as half as expensive as their life on land. That could be true. The couple, originally from Florida, nice, <laughs> sold almost everything they owned three years ago, including their main business and their home and bought a motor home to travel around the United States. Yep. But then John, 76, got tired of driving and Melody, 64. Hold on. Hold on. Is that a wedding day on camels? No, it's not. <laughs> they saw the advert on Facebook for a 274 day cruise with Royal Caribbean and their journey to be permanent and their journey to be permanent life at sea began. 274 days. Yeah. So how they do it, it's not that the cruise is you pay for 274 days um, and that's all they sell. People go in there for like a week because it will go around oh, in a circle with different docks and stuff, different parts of the Caribbean. It'll go to that dock there, that dock here, yeah. and so on for maybe a two-week rotation and then do it again, mm. and then again, and then again. The rest of those days, the rest of the other, what, 91 days that they're not at sea would be uh, hurricane season. All right. So they wouldn't go, that's looking at maybe the summertime mm. um, between maybe May, April, and maybe August, something like that, mm -hmm. April and June, July, maybe July, August, I'd say. Those days, it, it wouldn't go because it's hurricane season. Mm. They might still live on the cruise because it might be docked or they may come off and live somewhere else on the road like they would have done with their caravan. Oh. Scroll down. That camel, by the way. Great. <laughs> They're currently cruising Dominican Republic as part of the latest in a series of long-term sailings which have taken them to places including Australia, New Zealand, and the South Pacific. I've done it, but not on Royal Caribbean. I've done it on Virgin. Mm. Uh, but while their new life is more exciting, 
they say it is cheaper too. I believe that. Yeah. We now have a telephone bill, a ship bill, and a few credit card bills uh, for when we go ashore, but that's it. Oh, yeah, facts. Yeah. Because they don't have to buy no food or anything. They don't have to drive. <laughs> I can tell you how expensive driving is. No, but food is more expensive because you've got to feed two people. Imagine how much you spend a month on food, takeaway, yeah. food for the house, etc. Yeah. They pay none of that. That's all included oh, in their of ship course. bill. Yeah. It's all inclusive. You eat as much as you want. Gym, they'll have a gym on there. Yeah. TV, oh, activities, etc. They may pay for Wi Fi. Yeah. Scroll, scroll down. I'm starting to consider this myself now. This is you won't want to do it. <laughs> we no longer have a mortgage. We no longer have vehicle insurance, property insurance, utilities bills. The list goes on. We are certain cruising is cheaper. <laughs> oh, wow. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Keep scrolling down. I want to know how long they've been together. At the moment, their life. Is planned in monthly chunks as they hop from ship to ship. Ah, they do it that way. See? All right. See. So they live out their suitcase. Mm. It's doable. It's like living in a hotel room. Yeah. I know people that um, there are cruises around the world which people live on permanently. Wow. That's. <laughs> There's one that I got told about. It's. Oh, mate, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a cruise where it's not advertised. Mm. People live on that cruise. That's crazy. I mean, like, I actually assume that people will get bored of that sort of thing, but... I've, again, for someone who's been... I've been on ones for a month. I've been on ones for um, 10 days. I've been on ones where it was 10 days at sea. No stopping. Yeah. It's 22 miles per hour crossing the ocean. It took 10 days yeah. from Bahamas to Portugal. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> Have a look at the room. Look at the room. Oh, so it's like a bedroom hotel room kind of thing. Yeah. See, look, the cabin inside cabin starts from ninety nine thousand. Oh my god, that's for two hundred and seventy four days. Okay, no, that's. So it's a six ton. Hold on one second, and that is not forgetting the almost eight. Wait, the monthly fee of six thousand three hundred sixty nine. Okay. That's the ship that's being constructed where people can actually just live on. All right. Wow. Okay. That is wild. It's got a, see, look, it'll be bigger than traditional crews. Scroll down. They've got pictures of one they're building, like there, with a kitchenette. Oh, wow. That's one of the ones with a balcony. It's not bad. It's nice. Put down bed in the living room for guests. That is nice. Seeing the sea every day. Yeah. It's nice. It that novelty. Bro, a week and a half. Done. <laughs> yeah. Done. You think it's a joke? A week and a half? I'm done. <laughs> Put me back on land. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could do it for too long either. Mm. You'd eventually hate the sea. You would. I'm that like I did it ten days at sea when I saw nothing but sea. The amount of times all of us doing that crossing, yeah. staring at the ocean like we need to, we need to see land or we need to see something. Yeah. <laughs> we we saw a whale, the whole ship, one side of the ship, staring at this whale. Wow. Because we'd seen nothing but ocean. Yeah. yeah. Ten days, 
I performed four times in those 10 days. So even then, the rest of the time, I'm just training. I'm working out. I'm doing writing. That was uh, April. That was a lot. <laughs> All right. What's next, man? Big All up right. them. Well done. I hope they are. Uh, well done. It's very right. comfortable for you lot to <laughs> have that kind of lifestyle. Let's go with this one. So apparently, you know the term beer goggles. Apparently, scientists have proven that is not uh, true. I'm spending minimal time on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, beer goggles. Let me guess. Beer goggles is when you get drunk and then someone is more attractive. Yeah, basically. You know, like. And there are scientists in a world where we're running out of resources, climate change is a big thing. <laughs> there are scientists that have dedicated their time to figure out if being drunk makes somebody more attractive <laughs> or not. Pretty much. <laughs> this screams of money wasting. Oh, yes. The universities of Portsmouth. Questioned 99 men and women aged between 18 and 62 in a pub to test how people rate looks after a few drinks. Respectfully, <laughs> Portsmouth. <laughs> Portsmouth. I mean, <sighs> that's already a failed <laughs> study. <laughs> uh, shout out to Portsmouth. I don't know if I'm touring there, so if I am, it's a great place. Uh, if I'm not there touring, <laughs> Portsmouth. Uh, but the study published in the Journal of Psychopharmacology found that while alcohol did impair face symmetry detection, it did not influence judgments of attractiveness. Mm. I don't know how that could be the case. If your face looks more symmetrical, I don't. I don't know. I disagree with this. 100%. Like I've, I've never been drunk. So I can't answer. Well, never. Never been drunk. Never been drunk. I don't all. drink like that. Oh, do you not? Ever since I was old enough to drink, I was also a driver. Yeah. So anytime going out somewhere, yeah. um, I would always know one or two drinks max. And that's it. That's very responsible drinker. Even at carnival. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I go carnival, I have a drink, I have something to eat in the morning, mm. and have a drink, and have a bottle of water. <laughs> have a drink. Yeah, yeah. Have something to eat. Have a bottle of water. Have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Bottle of water. I see you staying level, like yeah. For the whole day, I've had loads of drink, yeah, but I've I've watered it down and I've lined my stomach and I've spread out my drinks. Oh, so wow. by the time it's digesting, um, water's going in my system. Crazy. By the time that's digesting, yeah, and that's already kicked out, the next drink's coming in, and that's going to take a while before that hits my bloodstream. So you never had like a hangover or anything like that, then? Don't know what a hangover feels like. Oh wow, yeah, not great. <laughs> I know what it feels like to be dehydrated when you wake up, mm. but not from a hangover. Yeah, yeah. I drink and I stop. My friends all try to get me drunk. Nah, good man. And I'm I just I'm, that peer pressure, mate. And look, look, you see those drinks that are there. Yeah, they've been there for time. <laughs> <laughs> I've had bottles and stuff like the rum that's on the shelf there. Yeah. That's been there, bruv. That could all be from before the room got decorated. I ain't gonna Easy. lie. I first come in and I saw that and I was like, oh, you're a big drinker then, huh? <laughs> Have you not noticed that when you first come in here, that's not moved? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> the levels of that has not moved. Mate, I'm upset that I don't have enough water to put in that mini fridge. I'm not a drinker like that. So beer goggles, I don't know. Yeah, I've had a drink. Mm. Maybe I've been tipsy, but I've yeah. never been like dry. Yeah, yeah. And I think being tipsy mm. does... I don't think it makes other people more attractive. It just it makes you more confident that even if someone else is attractive, you can look mm. into the good in them. Yeah, yeah. Like I've seen it <laughs> uh, like as a man who's attracted to women, I might see a woman 
Yeah. With a curvier body, <laughs> big chest or something. Yeah. But her face is challenged. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully, of course. <laughs> and if her face is challenged, when I'm sober, I'm like, come on, already allow it. But you have a couple of drinks and you're like, hey, breast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure women do it as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Women do it. They see a guy and they're like, his face, his is 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 challenged. Ugh. But after a couple of drinks, they're like, "What? Yeah, wallet." You know what I mean? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. Well, all right. University of Portsmouth. Well done. <laughs> One we should have done earlier on. This is a bit deeper. Okay, <laughs> Gypsy Rose Blanchard released early from US prison. Now I threw this in there. Did you know this happened? So uh, someone told me about this the other day, and Wait, I completely did you not know anything about this. No, nothing at all. So to get, all right, for those who don't know, Gypsy Rose, uh, <laughs> Gypsy Rose, it was a victim of her mother's um, disorder, which was Munchausen uh, by syndrome by proxy. Yeah. Munchausen is basically when you are somebody who is a hypochondriac of um, when it comes to medical conditions or problems that you might have. Mm. When you have Munchausen, you almost make yourself sick by believing, believing that you're sick yeah. and then convincing yourself you're sick and then taking drugs and stuff to heal sicknesses you don't have. And then in turn, potentially making yourself sick. Mm. But Munchausen syndrome, that's when it's for you. By proxy is when you do that to somebody else. Mm. So it's often found in parents. I know a, a, I know a girl who has had a mild case of that with her mother. We'll never say her name, but her mother always used to tell herself that she herself was sick. And then when the kids clocked on her to her not being sick, yeah. she then tried to convince two of them that they were sick. Oh, right. Jeez. Yeah, she had to seek some serious medical help and attention, etc. So did the kids. But this one was a wild case. So Gypsy Rose, uh, who was the daughter of Dee uh, Dee, I think. Dee Dee Blanchard. Dee Dee Blanchard, yeah. So it was Gypsy Rose was her name. D, uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard and then Dee Dee Blanchard, right? Yeah. Dee Dee, all right, let me tell you the basic, basic story. Dee Dee had Munchausen by proxy yeah. uh, syndrome and made her daughter believe she was sick had cancer, had all kinds of ailments, couldn't walk, had like had her like her gallbladder removed, had her teeth removed, was giving her daughter like drugs that you would give to animals that would keep her sick. And the reason she was doing that, one, I think it was a sense of I don't want to be lonely without my child if she moves out of the house. There's a certain reliance that she could have, but mainly too for the money. Yeah. The money that she um would get from having a disabled child or having a sick child from the government is what she was also making sure her child was, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Scroll down on this, right? Because it ain't got deep. She looks mad different now, boy. Jeez. In fact, go up to the first picture, like the first picture when she was younger that's, and then scroll down. That's, that's her, her left. with no teeth, yeah. Okay. And that's her now, the dentures she has, right? Yeah. Listen, let me tell you something. The, the story gets worse. So after Gypsy finds out that she's not sick, yeah, 
later on she finds out that she's not sick because she was in a wheelchair couldn't walk because of the drugs her mum was giving her oh wow I can't remember how it is she found out she was not sick but Gypsy got a little boyfriend right yeah now this boyfriend was if I'm correct he um, had he had some kind of um, I think he was at a certain level of autistic okay them, they fell in love, but what love could be with somebody who has been manipulated and made to be sick for a long time and yeah. then someone who's autistic, they connected on the level um, that you often see happen with people that can share they have their certain afflictions. Mm. But respectfully, <laughs> Gypsy took the absolute mick because Gypsy, long story short, after hating her mum, yeah. after what she did, convinced her boyfriend to kill the mum wow <laughs> so the boyfriend again very impressionable yeah. i think first girlfriend he's got very impressionable also hearing about the affliction that gypsy went through mm. the boyfriend goes to the mum's house takes a knife kills the mum gruesomely oh wow he actually killed her like oh, gruesomely jeez not only did he kill her he then wanted to violate the body Seriously? It was very, very dark. You wow. need to watch the documentary. I think it's called The Act. The Act. Yeah, you need to watch it. It's very, very dark, right? Or the or the biopic or whatever it was. It was oh. dark, right? Yeah. Um, then they went on the run. Oh, okay. He didn't do he didn't do anything to the body because Gypsy stopped it, said, I think that's too far. Oh. Which is wild. Which oh is wild. Respectfully. <laughs> Kill my mum, but don't violate the body. That's wild. <laughs> And that's what happened. So Gypsy goes on the run with this boyfriend, right? <laughs> stop, stop laughing. Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's she, no, it's wild. She was there. Like she, what, did she see it? Like she saw the stabbing. Like, oh, no, I don't do know. I don't know. I can't remember the ins and outs of that bit. But then, so Gypsy then and the boyfriend. I can't remember his name. Find the boyfriend's name for me. It's on there. They run off, right? They go into running for a little bit. They get found. They go to uh, Nicholas. That was it. Mm. Okay. Here we go. So look, he stabbed Didi Blanchard to death with a knife her daughter gave him and the pair fled the scene. So she was there. Oh, wow. Right? They were arrested hundreds of miles away in Wisconsin where Nicholas lived. He is serving, now watch this. He's serving a life sentence without parole. Gypsy got like 15 years. Oh, okay. So no, she got 10 years. Yeah. And served seven. Right. Here the, here the wickedness. She's now out. Not only is she out, she's got an ebook coming out. She's also re she's also got married. Wow. Not to the guy. Yeah. Because the guy is is doing life. Yeah, he's toast. He's toast. <laughs> without parole. Because of the nature of how heinous the crime was. Yeah. I'm not saying he shouldn't do life. <laughs> but I'm saying if if he can get a life without parole. Gypsy can at least get 30, <laughs> right? She got 10 yeah. because she wasn't the one who actually killed, but she manipulated him into killing her. He provided the weapon too, right? And provide the motive because of what had happened to her. They gave her 10 years. She's done seven and now she's out. She came out a couple of days ago. Hurts me to say this, right? Yeah. It really does. <laughs> but fellas, respectfully, <laughs> firstly, what had happened to the mum it's horrible. What the mum did to Gypsy Rose, horrible. Yeah. Right? But take away that. I've seen this so many times. 
where women are able to get men to do foolishness. <laughs> this brother's doing life without parole. She's out now on social media selling an ebook with smiling, with whole new teeth and everything, you know. New teeth, new smile, new husband. Oh my God. And she and obviously has her mum killed. Yeah. It is crazy when you think about it. I now I think both of them should get time. But I think both of them should get the same kind of level of time with an understanding of the fact that he was not right of mind, apparently. Right. Okay. And she was definitely not right of mind no, after sure. everything the mum had done to her. But that should have been taken into account for both of them. Uh, yeah. So hold on. She's only, so she's been in, she only, it was a 10 year sentence, but she only served seven. Yeah. So she's out now. She's out now. Right. Okay. Brother, she's selling an ebook. That's crazy. Scroll down. Let me it, see. Honestly, this is, these streets ain't safe. Like, you look, can't have someone like that. Like, what, watch this. While in prison, she gave a number of interviews detailing her mother's abusive behavior and a memoir she wrote while behind bars is due to be published in January. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. In a recent interview with People Magazine. Wow. She said, nobody will ever hear me say, I'm glad she's dead or I'm proud of what I did. I regret it every single day. Wow. I hear that. Didi Blanchard allegedly abused her daughter for years by convincing her that she was disabled and required medical support. She told people that Blanchard had multiple conditions, including epilepsy, vision impairments, and muscular dystrophy. She's received support from charities and sought treatment from dozens of doctors, often portraying her daughter as younger than she actually was and subjecting her to unneeded medical treatments. Bear this in mind. So she got arrested. She's 32 now. She got arrested seven years ago. Right? So 32 minus 7 is what? 25, 25. bro. Come on, you could do my, that. My maths is so bad, honestly. It's 25, <laughs> right? Yeah. 25. Let's say two years of trials and stuff like that. 23 from when her mum had killed her. Mm. Sorry, when she had killed her mum mm. or had her mum killed. 23, right? Mm. All through her late teens and her early 20s, she has been dealt with as if she has a problem, right? Yeah. But the mum portrayed her to be like 11. 12 yeah when she was like 20 and younger than that when she was younger and made her sick pretty much all her life to claim money from charities she oh. used a wheelchair feeding tube and oxygen tank even though she could walk and had no health issues she later said her mother kept her weak and isolated blanchard soon became more interested in the outside world making a dating profile and meeting nicholas i wanted to be free of her hold of me she said uh, during Nicholas's trial, I talked him into it. She reached a plea deal with prosecutors due to the abuse she had suffered, which meant a 10 year sentence in exchange for pleading guilty. Wow. Bless you. <laughs> better not wrap that, better not be oh. in your hand and wiping on some on knees, bruv. Uh, yeah, it might be. I'm worse than that guy on the plane now. <laughs> oh, God. What did you sneeze into? My hand. Is that empty uh, back? No, it's not, all bruv. Right, all right, all right. It's my right hand. It's all good, right? My left hand. Go right wash action. your hand, man. <laughs> There's tissue underneath right. the table as well, but oh, go it? wash all your hand. Right. Oh, ah. Hold on, hold on. I'm just going to grab that. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. That must be shy. Getting all ready. No, that was me. <laughs> right, there we go. Okay, we're clean. We're back. <laughs> She reached a plea deal with prosecutors due to the abuse she had suffered. Uh, read that bit. There's not... <laughs> things are... are Things are not always as they appear, Sheriff Jim Arnott said in 2015 as he described the case. 
This is a tragic event surrounded by mystery and public description. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who didn't get any interviews though. <laughs> the man doing life yeah. without parole yeah. that she asked <laughs> to kill her mom. That is wild, bro. Uh, no. I think, I'm not saying that she should not, he should not do time. I'm saying they both should, but not, she took a plea deal and did 10 years and, and got 10 years and did seven. That's crazy. She got new teeth. She's got a new partner. Yo, type, I want to see Gypsy Rose's new partner. She will get like... <sighs> oh, she's going to make money off of yeah, this. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, she's not something like <laughs> to be like looked at. I right. feel, I'm not going to lie. What she, what she got put through is a mess. Oh, yeah, of course. It is. Is that with her partner? Gypsy Rose. Look at look her in that picture. That's got to be a. That's uh, her. Is that the real one? Oh my god! I thought that was like from the uh, the act or something like that. What? No, that's her. Oh, that's crazy. You thought that was like a better? I genuinely I thought that was like an actress playing her. No, like bro, a film that is Gypsy Rose. Oh, she's had that glow up since she's come out, and she. Jeez. See what Gypsy Rose Blanchard's husband on planning her first real date. She's going to get all gussied up. That sounds right. That sounds nasty. Uh, that's crazy, bro. She's mad. Look, that's the husband. Oh my god, I can't lie. The husband, Ryan Anderson. I don't want to judge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to judge. Oh my. God. Respectfully, the husband is giving. The husband is giving the main culprit in <laughs> Law and Order SVU. <laughs> He married her while she was in prison. I never trust when people do that. Oh. If you're someone that you met before you went to prison and you get married because yeah. you know you're coming out, like your girlfriend and then one of you go to prison and you marry and then you come out and you're together still. Yeah. I understand that. When someone meets you in prison, like him, I don't trust it. Yeah. I'll tell you why. It almost feels like he couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. And by his face... Respectfully, yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Oh, gee. <laughs> he looks like the inspiration for the guys on Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Oh, God. But not, but they were played by handsome people that went to look geeky. <laughs> Meanwhile, he, he looks like he doesn't wash his face. With oh, him. no. He doesn't. You, uh, I think it's, it's so weird when I see that. He he like he knew what she was about. Yeah, instructed someone to kill his mo her mum, and you looked at that and said, "That's a bit of me." <laughs> Respectfully, that is. May you lot live happily ever after in it, but that looks wild to me, man. Well, Who's that? That's the guy who did it. Uh, Nicholas. Nicholas. Jesus. Wow, that's crazy. When that. a man grows his beard, so this is the guy, the boyfriend who killed. The mum, um, yeah. I mean, again, respectfully, <laughs> he looks like he was already going to do that to someone. <laughs> he, it's giving. I've. It's giving. My KKK hoodie is in the wash right now. <laughs> no, can you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That guy looks fresh out of American History X. Like he really does. Yeah. Yeah. He really does. He's got a beard and moustache like the Lorax and a bald skinhead <laughs> on the top half. Oh. He looks... Oh, mate. So someone did come to speak to him and interview him. Yeah. He's doing life, boy, without parole. 
Oh, there's actually a show, the prison confessions. Of the Gypsy prison. Was. Oh my god, this girl's getting money. Yeah. For setting up her mum to get killed. That's the prison crazy. confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. That's crazy. Like premieres in four days' time. That's good. I ain't watching that. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, after I've seen the Liberty, I'm not saying free my guy. I'm just saying don't free her so quickly. <laughs> if she did like 15, yeah, cool. My girl did less time than some people are doing for selling weed. Yeah, true. To people that wanted weed to be sold to them. Yeah. <laughs> this is a shambles. Yeah, honestly. Oh, Same. all right. Well, we'll keep, we'll see what happens with Gypsy Rose. <laughs> Come out with an ebook, and then all of a sudden get to a reality TV star. <laughs> That's wild. What's next? Is that uh, it? Uh, got one more if I'm gonna do this one. So, I this was interesting. <laughs> so, cops and blubbers. <laughs> Fury as more than one thousand cops failed fitness tests in the last year, raising questions over their ability to protect the public. Can I just throw another question? Yeah. Are we are we seriously thinking the reason why police are not able to protect the public is because of their level of fitness and maybe not because of the level of training that they have or have not had? And I don't mean gym training. I'm talking sometimes the way that they handle people. Oh, yeah. that kind of training. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So so what what are we hearing is cops are fat and they need to get fit. Yeah. Yes. Which makes sense. Yeah. I've seen some chief inspectors and their belly be bellying. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a if I'm a career criminal, which yeah. I'm not, yeah. even if I'm dressed like one now, if I'm a career criminal, I know I need to know a bit of parkour. I need to be able to lift my own body weight, yeah, right? Yeah. I need to be able to run for a period of time, yeah. right? These men are in a helmet that's not aerodynamic, <laughs> shirt, heavy chest protect like chest thing that they got on, yeah, uh, trousers. Slidey, slidey shoes. Brother, you need to get cops that can run an athletic track. Yeah, genuinely. They need like to modernize cops almost. I like. think they do, but they won't because it's tradition. It's the yeah. image of what a cop looks like. I, in the States, I saw this guy at the airport, mm. right? Full outfit, so on, handgun and so on. Yeah. He was a police officer. He looked like he was military. Yeah. I would never commit a crime in front of him nah, yeah. or anywhere near him. If I know he's coming after me, I'm giving up <laughs> straight away. This guy was military, yeah, blood. Yeah. I'm not saying all of them are like that because you're going to get some that are not. For sure. But with this, these guys, come on, we all know cops are not. Yeah. Like, they're not going to run after you no. in, in the best of ways possible dressed like this. Yeah. You see them where some of them, what they'll do is they'll, first thing, they throw their hat yeah. and then they and they unbutton top bit when they're running and maybe talk through here. Yeah, and yeah. the only reason I know that is from Hot Fuzz. <laughs> other than that... Other than that, I've never seen a fit police officer really take out. <laughs> Bro, they get that flipping KFC discount and that McDonald's discount. So you're always Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, so, I know so, all about so. police perks. I'm not a policeman, but I, I have quite a few friends who used to be. Uh, and they talk, like one of them, my guy Sammy told me mm. uh, some of the perks that he got. And, you know, it's a lot of like KFC, McDonald's. They get those discounts, <clears throat> which is why you'll probably always see them in like the queues and that. There. Okay. <laughs> so officers, let me tell you this right now, right? If you failed the fitness test and you get discounts at KFC and McDonald's, two plus two is four. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I bet they don't. I bet they don't get discount at Leon. <laughs> no, I no. bet they don't. I bet they don't go to the juice bar and get a discount there. No, I don't think maybe they, do. they should. Yeah. How about Pure Gym? Bet they don't get a discount at Pure Gym. 
No wonder you lot are failing these tests. <laughs> I'm not trying to rip on these police officers too heavy. Yeah. But for the thousand police officers that have failed this test, listen, you're <laughs> 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 the idea is you're supposed to serve and protect. Okay? <laughs> not be served and eat. Do you understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Serve and protect. You know what's crazy as well? It says that they have three attempts to do it. So that a thousand of them have failed like three times. So they've had opportunities. I mean, look at the picture. Yeah, that's that's telling. Unless that's a recreation. No, that, it's not. No, oh. that, that, look at the, brother. <laughs> I'm walking away from them. I'm not running away from yeah. them. That picture is giving the bill, right? <laughs> you know, like when they walk away in the steps. Yeah. But when I'm looking at this, that picture is not giving me because that's epic because you see them walking yeah. at the end of the bill at pace what yeah. that's giving me is if the music from the bill was look at this man buddy pop and fresh and sherman club they're not gonna get after anybody man this is wild oh my police officers if you want to serve and protect please it starts from home. It starts from home, right? I'm not saying I'm the, the henchest guy, but you gotta be better than this, right? If there's not, bro, have you ever been to a nightclub yeah. and you're bigger than a security guard and yeah. you're thinking, yeah. I'm not asking you for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything, if it kicks off, phone me. Yeah. <laughs> Call me, brother. I'll jump out and help you, blood. I see some security men yeah. and I'm looking at them and they're asking me for ID. I'm like, no, nah, brother, you give me ID. You're not even old enough to be in here. You see what I'm saying? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hearing it, man. You don't. You don't need to keep the fitness test up, bruv. Honestly, because as far as I'm concerned, if you're here to serve and protect, as yeah. much as I'm not against police, I'm not one of those people that go bun the police. They have an, a role in society that's necessary. Some need to police better, yeah, but they sure. have a role in society. Yeah. 100%. But if I'm supposed to be trusting you with my health and safety, I need you to know what health is. Yeah. And yeah. then. Safety. Yeah. Because you can't be failing these fitness tests and you're supposed to be able to chase the criminal. Crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? If I call you and yeah. you and I tell you, mate, my life is in jeopardy. Yeah. Someone's trying to attack me. And then you come over to my house and I go, where are they? <laughs> and then, so you go, where are they? Sorry. And you go, where are they? And I go, they ran around that corner officer and you run after them and they run that corner, run around again and run yeah. back to me. Yeah. If that person gets to me, like a diamond in a baseball. <laughs> Before you get to them, something's wrong here. Oh yeah, something's wrong here. How am I gonna call you just to watch me get beat up? That's that's wrong. <laughs> that's wrong. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was a lifeguard, right? I had to do a fitness test every month. Like, so you have a to lifeguard. Yeah, yeah. I used yeah, to be a lifeguard. You have to because you got to swim. Yeah, for sure. You got now to swim. You got now to be able to keep up your fitness and swimming. I understand that. Bro, he I, says while eating a cookie. <laughs> Ashamedly, I actually. Um, I passed me on PLQ, got that. And then I got a job offer and they said, all right, you just need to pass a fitness test. Bro, I failed that the first time. I couldn't do it. I was like, oh yeah, I don't know what's happened. What do you have to do fitness You have to do two lengths in a minute, I think it was. Or was it, no, I two lengths in 50 seconds? I can't, no, I can't it, do it in 50. It was quite like, I was like- I'm like 58. Yeah, it's like a two-part. Like you got to do two lengths in 50 seconds and there's another bit where you got to tow someone, you got to jump in, swim in length, tow someone back. I was too slow on my toe and that was like what, I didn't get the job because of it. But then mm. a month later, I retook it and I got the job. But what I'm saying is, it's uh, like, 
it was it was very demanding. <laughs> so come on, man! Like if a police officer mm. like is doing what's a, what is the actual thing they're doing? A three and a half minute bleep test. Oh, okay, right. Oh, I remember the bleep test. It's like, mm. is it fartlek? Yeah. What is this? I think bleep test. Is, I think the bleep test is also called the fartlek test. Fartlek. It's when you run in the gym and then you got to do Beep. between the beeps. Yeah. Yeah. On oh, no. fartlek training. Let me see. That's what it's called. Involves random variations in speed and intensity, altern alternating between bursts of sprinting and. Oh no. Fartlek is like hit training. Oh right, okay. But it's similar to that. Yeah. Um, the beep test is running back and forth. Fartlek is really good. It's, it's basically hit training. Yeah. So you run, you know, like um the apps, the running apps. Yeah. That's yeah. Fartlek. Oh, I see. All right, okay. All right. All right. What are we saying? How long? We, should we wrap this up? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Is it still recording on the thing? Still recording. Lovely. All right. Before we wrap this up, give me that print out, please. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you lot to understand something real quick, right? You can bring that to me? Yep. All right, cool. Real quick. We are in 2024. Thank you very much. We're in 2024. And for those who don't know, I am touring in 2024. The Orator Tour starts in one month's time, the 1st of February, where we hit Brighton. Now, this is what I need to give you lot some real info about the tour. These are the sales reports of my dates. And I'm going to be very honest. Most dates are looking juicy. Some of you lot don't like me. Some of you lot really don't like me at all. Some of you lot are dry. You lot are not respecting the fact that I'm putting on this tour. Do you know what happens? People say to me, when you're touring in my town, put on a show. Yeah. No one buys the tickets, yeah? <laughs> Happened recently. We yeah. did Southport and Newcastle. Put on the show. Yeah. No one bought the tickets. Me and the team said, do you know what? We'll pull Southport and Newcastle. Ting went viral. The, uh, the, the content I did recently went viral. Yeah. Tickets bust everywhere. People hit me up. Where's Newcastle and Southport? Man, shut up, man. <laughs> you didn't buy them when we had them out there. You don't get to see me in Newcastle, Newcastle and Southport. All right, so the Orator Tour, I got the ticketing report. 1st of January, ladies and gentlemen, I can let you know how we're looking. So I'm going to go in order. Brighton, looking very good. Sold out of Brighton. Southampton, we're halfway down. So you need to pick it up, Southampton. I respect you lot a lot, but you lot ain't respecting me as quickly as I'd like, especially if we've got a month to go. Um, Coventry, not too bad. we got a few more tickets left in Coventry. Leicester, it's a big space. Need you to pick it up a bit more. Leicester, thank you very much. I would really appreciate that. Wellingbar, sold out. Big up Wellingborough, lovely man. I like that. It's a small room in Wellingborough, but I don't care. You lot filled it up anyway. Guildford, I'm gonna pretend like I even know where that is, but Guildford, thank you very much. Oh, I do know Guildford. It's where G Live is. Big up, man. I did G Live when I did Baba Tunde's tour. So Guildford, man, you lot. There's a few more tickets left. Same with Sheffield, Nottingham. Then we get to Bradford. Now I know what happened. I've I've ragged on Bradford a bit too much over the past few years. <laughs> I call Bradford the Luton of Leeds. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've ragged on Bradford a little bit too much, yeah, right? Yeah. I've also said Bradford is like if Plimpsoles is a town, yeah? <laughs> but the reason that happens is because when good events like this happen, nobody wants to hit up the events. So that's why you lot need to come and support these events. So we can bring some liveliness and some Nike Air Jordan to your Plimpsoles town, okay? <laughs> Where else is next? Bedford. Bedford is not too bad. I expect Bedford to be good, obviously, now, because that's now, now my local. Uh, Bedford's not too bad. Then we go up to Scotland. Glasgow and Edinburgh. It's, it, it's a little bit, it needs a bit more of a pace there, but I'm not going to rush you lot because I'm afraid of some of you, if I'm honest. 
They're mad aggressive up there, you know? <laughs> nah, man. One person come up to me, right? Beard, big chest, everything. Like, yo, yo, I didn't like what you said about the area that I live in. I said, I'm sorry about that. What's your name? Her name was Kathy. <laughs> anyway, Chelmsford, not too bad. I like it, Chelmsford. Salisbury. <sighs> Salisbury, man, I need some more love there. And I need to know where Salisbury is. Where is Salisbury? It's somewhere. Is that one? Somewhere. I keep reading it at Sainsbury. <laughs> Manchester, love you lot, man. Pick up the tickets. You lot are doing well. That's in March anyway, so you got a little bit of time. Excuse me, that was not too good. Leeds, man. Come on, Leeds. <laughs> Leeds. <laughs> Leeds, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Leeds, I, you know what I call Leeds? Leeds is the London to Bradford, which is Luton. <laughs> These people are gonna beat me up, you know. <laughs> These people are gonna hate me. The one that want to buy tickets to my show, man. I'm just messing around. Ellsbury, man, you are doing well. Nearly sold out at Ellsbury. Reading, we sold out at that show as well. Glee in Birmingham. Oh, we almost sold out at that one too. I love it. Palace Theatre. We're more than halfway on Palace Theatre, but we could do with some more. That one is in South End. Love that one. Then we got uh, High Wycombe. Big up yourself. We already uh, passed the. Uh, we've got like a quarter of the tickets left at High Wycombe. Maybe even less than that, actually. Yeah, less than that. Sorry. Then we get to the big ones here. Well, not the big ones, but in terms of more numbers that are sold out. Maidstone is uh, nearly like, I think there's maybe about 15 tickets left in Maidstone. So you can go grab them if you want to. That's April, bro. We're all the way in April right now. We're doing well with the April shows. I said Cardiff and the whole system crashed. So yeah, you lot got some Obia and Juju on my life right now. And I need to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I need you lot to buy some tickets. Cardiff, come on, man. You lot, you could do better than this, man. You're Cardiff. You're not Newport. Come on, buy some tickets, man. Comedia Bath. Yeah. Okay. Bristol, I love you. You lot are doing well. Leicester Square Theatre in London. Sold out the first show. The second show is almost sold out. So get some tickets out there. Then we got the added dates. Cambridge. Love you lot. Uh, this early though with these added dates. So Cambridge is doing cool. Um, tickets in Northampton. We moved the Northampton show to the large room. It's doing all good, but these are all in June as well. So we got some time. Norwich Playhouse, big up yourself. Never done you before. We're going to see how we can make this work. Comedia, we're back at you again for Brighton because we sold out the first one. So the second one's available. And we got Crawley. Loads of people in Croydon were like, thank God we can go somewhere. That's not too far from us. And when I realized that Croydon is close to Crawley, yeah. I almost pulled Crawley. <laughs> I almost said, nah, bruv. <laughs> Crawley's rough in its own self, right? But Croydon and Crawley, that's two, that is two fronts meeting up and uh, the weather's going to be rough that day. <laughs> and then we got Reading again, the second Reading show as well. Big up yourself. These are all in June. Then we got some further announcements coming up for the Aura Tour. So make sure you get your tickets from orystyler.co.uk. The Aura Tour starts in February 2024. Come on. 1st of February, make sure you get to it. Also, there's going to be some more announcements regarding it that I'm not allowed to say until the whole New Year season is done. So once that's done, those announcements will come into play. Also, you can go to allrestyler.co.uk to get your Ori Styler merchandise. There'll be stuff on the tour, but you can get your early access stuff from the website alone. There's hats, there's hoodies. There'll be t-shirts on there very, very soon as soon as the tour starts. Um, but yeah, allrestyler.co.uk to get your merch and dies. Ah, oh, we're wrapping this up, man. It's getting late. It is the first day of January and the first 
day of 2024 and I believe my food is going to be ready. So I need to go upstairs and eat. Uh, Trudge, anything you want to announce yourself? Nope, I'm all good. Thank you, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to say. Oh, apart from that, the fact that your Christmas cracker thing was amazing. Oh, fact, the Christmas cracker was yeah. great, isn't it? Yeah. So Listen, good, man. those who missed the Christmas crack up, you've seen clips online when we talked about celebrations and stuff and yep. which chocolate's the best. <laughs> also, the girl that guessed the Arthur music is oh. Rasta Mouse. <laughs> what? That was diabolical. Diabolical. Anyway, listen. We got to bounce out. I'm going to wrap this up. It's been a good episode, a long one. Uh, Respectfully podcast. We'll see some changes happen on the Respectfully podcast over the next few months that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, but we've got to get ourselves in gear. We're doing it now that we've cleared the busy period of last year and now we're going into tour period. It's going to be a lot more fun, a lot more stuff that's going on. For you to find out more, just make sure you stay tuned right here and follow us on Respectfully Pod on all social media platforms. My name is Ori Styler. That is Trudge. We are out of here. Peace. Respectfully. Respectfully.